So I um, every year start off with this nice list, and usually around Christmas you hear this story of um, of people who make a long list of New Year's resolutions. And, you know, maybe your New Year's resolution was, I'm going to work out more. And judging by the looks of some of y'all, you didn't keep that resolution. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just <laughs> I know I didn't. <laughs> I know I didn't. <laughs> um, but maybe it's, hey, I'm going to eat a little bit more in a nutritious manner. I'm going to try to make sure that what I take in is a little bit healthier. But maybe instead of thinking of what you were going to do, you also thought of what you were not going to do. Maybe you say, you know what, this year I'm going to have a savings plan. And I'm not going to spend all of my money on things that I don't need to. Or, or, or maybe, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll make sure I get up early enough. You know, I won't sleep in extra so that I have to do a 60 miles driving in a school zone to get to work. Like, you know, maybe, maybe I'll get up earlier. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe I won't, I won't um, cuss out my wife over little things, over, over, over the garbage or over some shoes being in the room. You know, maybe, maybe I, I, that's, I, I won't do that this year. Or, or maybe I won't watch something that's unhealthy on the Internet. This year's the last time. I'm, I'm, ne- I'm never doing that again. Today we're going to get a glimpse. We're going to get a real glimpse of what it looks like to see a gracious God care for a fallen people. A people who some do not love him and some love him dearly. But both still make mistakes. And we're going to have a chance to see what it it looks like for a gracious God to care for them both. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love for you to have one. So please raise your hand because we're going to be digging in the text. And we want you, at the end of the day, to be able to leave here more equipped to live for Jesus. A couple housekeeping notes. If you have a question while we are teaching, while I am teaching, I say we because we're a family. Uh, If you have a a question, it's not uh, unordinary. You can raise your hand and ask it. We just ask that it contribute towards edifying the body. If it's just something that you think you you want to get some clarity on for personal, please come see me afterward. I'd love to help you. Um, We have one up here, J-Mac. Great. We need Bibles? Great. All right, someone, thank you guys. Run up and grab some more. Thank you. Um, So we're going to be turning to Genesis 20. God bless you, sis. And um, you guys want, can I get the, yeah, bring it on up, brother. So we're turning to Genesis 20, and it reads, Now Abraham moved on from there into the region of Negev, lived between Kadesh and Shur, for, thank you, ma'am, he's going to bring you one in one sec, thank you. Um, for a while he stayed in Gerar, and there Abraham and, Sarah, and his wife Sarah, she is my sister, Ab- excuse me, Abraham said of his wife Sarah, she is my sister. Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah, and he took her. Okay, who is this Abraham guy? First, well, first, let me put us all on the same page. As Christians, we believe the Bible is true. We believe these stories actually happened. 
I'm not going to assume that we're all on the same page and even believe that the Bible is true. I want to encourage you, though, that you do believe in truth. If you are a person who has um, ever been taught anything, you, you took the authority of the person who wrote the book. If it was a textbook, if it was even a manual for how to program your TV, you believe that that person knew better than you, that that person either was a witness or they created it. We believe that God is the ultimate creator and that he's given us the Bible as as an understanding of how to live for him in a in a in a manner that brings him joy. So today, I hope that as you as you finish hearing this, you'll be challenged to either accept this as truth or you reject it as 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 not being true. But I pray that you would make a decision. I pray that it's the it's the former, that you would accept it as truth. So with that said, let's look at our brother Abraham. Um, uh, excuse me. That's not, not the right order. We'll go to, um, if you have your Bibles, could you flip to Genesis 12 for me? Just a few chapters before. And you're going to see that this man Abraham is, uh, is, is God's chosen dude. He is, um, in verses 1 through 4, God's basically saying, Abraham, the people who bless you, I'm going to bless. Those who curse you, I'm going to curse. I'm going to make a great nation out of you. But if you scroll down a few verses to number 10, some drama jumps off. We, we here have Abraham, who is God's man. He's going to make a great nation through this brother, now basically prostituting out his wife. In verses 10, it starts off that he's going to tell a lie and say, hey, don't say you're my wife, say you're my sister. And Pharaoh sees this nice, beautiful honey He's like, okay, that's your sister. I'm going to make her one of my wives. And due to some sickness that God inflicts upon the household, Pharaoh does not sleep with her and, and protects their, their covenantal relationship. But it was God stepping in, saving the day. Fast forward now. You had your finger in 20. We're going to go back to 20. It seems like we're back in that same position again, huh? It seems like Brother Abraham now in verse 2 is saying, hey, Sarah's still my sister. And what does the king do? Okay, nice woman, your sister, I'm going to take her. And Abimelech is the Philistine king. He's the, he's the ruler. He's the, he's the head honcho here. So now he's taking in this woman who he thinks is Abraham's sister. Okay, that was actually, uh, it was correct. So, so what's going to happen here, sorry guys, this is not working well. I'll just, I'll work, I'll work with you guys, is that great? All right. Um, so what, what happens here is, we see that 
God is basically now going to, hold on guys, will you guys pray with me? Lord, my slides are all messed up and I'm getting discombobulated. I love you. This is your word for your people. Please, Father, allow it to be clear and flow for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. So I'm going to veer, veer off from the slides a little bit, guys, and um, we'll, get, we'll get, get right back on. Um, so what we have happening here is our brother Abraham is now slipping back into something that he had done before. And you would think that, wow, okay, because of the, 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 the magnitude of the sin committed before, that he would, not, he would not do this again. But if you think that it's easy to point the finger at Abraham and say, wow, he could do something like that again? Like, take, take, live another week, live another month, live another year, and, and maybe say something that you'll never do again. You know, and you, and you can begin to see, now, that's not to justify Brother Abraham and, and this foolish act at all. But what God is trying to do all along is give us a matrix view of sin. He says, okay, let me, let me show you from this angle where a man who I love is willing to lie about the relationship he has with his wife. Let me show you from this angle. He does it again. It's setting the stage for the need of a gracious God, because at some point, as you look at the people of Israel, even a man who all nations are going to flow from, like Abraham, at some point you're supposed to say, dang, God, you're going to help him out again? Now you're getting it. Now you're getting, oh, we deserve death. God is amazingly gracious. He continues, continues, continues to pour out grace upon us. Verse 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not gone near her, so so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And didn't she also say, he is my brother? I'm I'm acting on the information they gave me, God. What's up with that? I have done this with a clear conscience and clear hands. Then God said to him in the dream, yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience. And so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return to her, you may be sure that you and all who belong to you will die. Excuse me. So we have here God saying you are as good as dead in verse three. And 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 what I want you guys to see is that a clear conscience cannot pardon sin. Because even though this man didn't know what he was doing, he was lied to, he was told, hey, this is my brother, this is my sister, he still was about to do something that was sinful. He was going to sleep with another man's wife. 
And, and, and just because he wasn't aware of it doesn't mean he was pardoned, which is why the punishment is death and why God says to him, hey, the, way, the route you're going, even though you don't know it, is you're as good as dead. I mean, stop, stop for a minute. All right. It's easy to think of Abraham. Okay, ladies, say you're kicking it at the Easter market, getting your little fruits and vegetables. You meet this nice guy, amazing dude. You know, he's taking you out on dates. You feel like, man, he might be the one. And then after a year, you meet his wife and kids at the Eastern Market with him on accident. I mean, do you think she's going to be like, girl, you didn't know? It was okay. Your hair looks good. Where did you get your hair done? I mean, c- come on. Come on. The, the, just, just, the lack of knowledge does not excuse the sin. And, and God takes it a step further to give us to give us the heart behind it, which is found in Romans 1. He says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, but God has, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now, I, I, I love this verse because it, it helps us see that all of humanity um, is, is tied into understanding who God is. I hate that at times we take this verse and then we say, well, in that case, Leon, I don't need Christianity. I don't, I don't, I don't need to really have the faith that you talk about because God's already shown me. He's wired it in me. Don't worry, I'm cool. And I want to say that, that, that that's misrepresenting what this text is speaking of. It does give us an understanding into the, into the love of God for all of humanity but it doesn't give us a pass to then go and write our own story as to how we desire to worship. God, all there's, there's more scriptures than this one throughout the Bible that give you a game plan for what worship looks like. It's not a, it's not a, uh, a get out of Christianity free pass, but it is one that says all of humanity will be held accountable for how they handled God's revelation to them. So he, with a clear conscience, this man does that. And he says, I've, I've kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. It's interesting that, that God steps in on behalf of an unbeliever and says, you could have been dead, yet I saved you. I, he steps in to, to, stop, the, to stop the act that that warrants death and he and he's and it's and it's it's a a beautiful display really of god's gracious hand and many of you guys i've been blessed to hear your stories and you're saying leon some of the stuff i've been in man i i should not be here today i i the the person i was before didn't deserve god's grace 
And that's, that's what makes the picture beautiful, because none of us do. But we, we serve a loving God who extends it, um, who extends it, who extends it anyway. There's, um, what? There's a component that I want to share with you guys because the, um, that, that conscience piece of being able to, to this, here we have Abimelech, and he's looking at sin. He's looking at death, and he doesn't even know it. And it, it, it made me stop for a second and say, like, okay, God, where is this present in the lives of your, of your people today? Where we can, we can be a part of, of sin and not even be aware of it. And I, I want to just bring up a, a few networks because am I, am I saying that, you know, this man cheating on someone's wife is the same as buying coffee that, you know, is produced by people in slavery? I'm not at all. Not at all. Adultery and, and that, uh, it's different. Don't, don't try to hierarchy the sins, though. But what I am trying to say is that God wants us to wants us to see how deep the networks of sin are and how we at times benefit, dare I say, indulge in networks of sin unknowingly. Here's a, here's a few. So, you know, in the Ivory Coast, you have young children in unbearable conditions. They start from like the ages of six um, to, to get coffee beans. And it continues a life cycle of poverty because either they're sold into you know, um, sex trafficking, or now they've, you know, had no education because they've worked this entire time in the fields and there's no jobs waiting for them. So it's a cycle of poverty that's extremely unhealthy, but companies are aware of it and they actually profit off of it. And, And my brownies profit off of it because chocolate and so many other things are being, being, I mean, we get cheap prices because they, take a, they abuse people. Is that a sin? I think it is. I think, I think injustice is a sin. And I think I benefit from it unknowingly. I mean, I, I just did a few Google searches. I did, like, injustice chocolate, injustice coffee. You know, the fair trade movement and coffee, like, that's, that's got a big, you know, big name now. We all are, a lot of people are, are understanding that, you know, for years, people that make coffee have been um, abused financially. You know, families have been um, forced to, at one time in like the 80s, making $2, and now they're making like 40 cents on what they used to make, you know, per, per I don't want to say bushel, but it's whatever you use to, to group it. They're making 47 cents now in comparison to $2. Um, before, I mean, clothing, sweatshops. Uh, I just read an article that said, you know, this month, sweatshop workers making what used to be 29 cents, now they've made an increase to between 72 cents and 92 cents. They, and they've connected this with Old Navy and Gap and some of the other stores. Y'all, I'm not trying to say don't do anything, because if you look hard enough, maybe we'll find every single store there's an injustice taking place. I'm not saying that. 
I'm trying to help you see what the Bible's trying to help you see, which is that sin runs deep. And you need a gracious God to save you from it because you're in the midst of it and you don't even know it sometimes. You don't even realize that you benefit from other people hurting. So, so I, don't simply see Abraham and say, dude, man, or Abimelech, man, you, God let you off that time. You unconsciously sinned almost up with this girl. Lord, help me. Help me in the arenas that I'm not even aware of, where I'm sinning against you, where I'm involved in networks of sin that I'm not even aware of. It looks great. Man, y'all know y'all love a good sale at Old Navy. Quit tripping. You know, like, but as my sister Sarah keeps challenging me, she, I'll be with Sarah and she'll be like, Leon, you really going to eat that hot dog? I'm like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know what's in a hot dog. I love hot dogs. I don't want to know. You know what I'm saying? But is ignorance truly bliss? Is it? Is, do, do we want to be a people who are like, well, when I'm made aware of something, that's cool. No, like, still, still look into it, but don't feel like you have to be overwhelmed with finding out everything. I don't want to burden you guys, but I want you to see the gravity of sin. Early the next morning, verse 8, Abimelech summoned all his officials, and when he told them all that happened, they were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham in and said, What have you done to us? How have I wronged you that you have brought such great guilt upon me and my kingdom? You've done things to me that should never be done. And Abimelech asked Abraham, What was your reason for this? Um, it's, it's, it's interesting because here we see this scripture kills the argument that I have to be a certain way in order to speak truth. Because here we have uh, an unbeliever speaking truth to a believer, saying, dog, you shouldn't have lied. <laughs> yeah, I lie all the time, but you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> you know, and, and if I can be honest, we as Christians, we want to wait. Okay, I'm going to wait until I, until I get my kids perfectly in order before I can encourage her on how to discipline her kids. Or I'm going to wait until I'm perfectly good at loving my wife before I can challenge that brother in, in, in loving his wife well. I, I think this throws that argument out. Because I don't think, it's, I don't think this brother's basing it on his life testimony. He's saying, man, you lied. Lying is wrong. Let's let God be the standard, family. Let's let God be the standard for what we challenge people in. Let's let it not be based on who we are. Is that a, a license to sin? Not at all. But let us be prophetic and speak truth into one another's lives because God calls us all to it, not because we've mastered it. Abraham replied, I said to myself, there is surely no fear of God in this place. And they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she's really my, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, though not of my mother. And she became my wife. And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, this is how you can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say of me, he is my brother. Now, the, the, the first scriptures dealt with Abimelech. Brother is not a believer. God spares, 
knowingly, unknowingly sinning. God's gracious. Now we're going to see God's hand on a believer, on his chosen, on Abraham. My, dare I say the believer. I mean, not for Abraham, none of us would, would, would be here because a great nation was birthed through him. And notice what he says when the dude says, why do you lie? We don't get a quick burst that says, you caught me, dog. I, I lied. You got me. My, that's, that's my wife. That's my wife. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't get a, a quick man who's, who's repenting. What you get is a man that gives you some excuses. Excuse number one. There is surely, I think I can, uh, no. There is surely no fear of God in this place. So what he's saying is, he's saying, hey, look, because y'all don't love God, that justifies me being able to, to conduct myself in a manner that's different than what God would expect. That's like going to Vegas, being like, oh, this is Sin City, right? Well, I, it's okay for me to rob five banks here. Y'all don't, y'all don't uphold the rules. Can I not uphold the rules? It's like he, he's, he, he's lowering the bar because this is, in his mind, a place that's void of God's presence. I hear this too often. I see it too often, right? Where run with me on these different sayings that I hear in the community really often, right? Okay, I, I was trying to be patient, but she just kept pushing my buttons. So I had to lash out at her. If they start the fight, I'm going to be the one to. You, you, you see where I'm going? These, these mantras that are, in, that are ingrained in our mind, like, 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 if they act crazy, I get to act crazy, right? Or I'm going to lower the bar and be on their level. It's, it's not from the Lord, friends. It's not from the Lord, friends. We, we can never excuse acting in a manner that doesn't represent Christ because of the environment we're in. If, I, if, if they started, I'm going to finish it. In God's strength? What are you talking about? That, but we hear this all the time, even in the church. So I want us to continue to take these ideals that we have and test them according to the cross, test them according to God's word. In, 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 in this instance, you don't want to be associated with doing what Abraham did. They will kill me because of my wife. So now, now he, he's acting out of fear. Because that, that fear leads him to lie again. Y'all going to kill me, okay. So if, if death is what, he basically is saying, I'm willing to do whatever I need to to avoid death. I'll even say that my wife is my sister again, <laughs> again. But we're going to see that, that, okay. So then uh, another excuse, those two excuses. First excuse, they're not godly. Second excuse, I was scared. I, this fear motivated me to do this. Third excuse, though, is that she really is my sister. And he's, he, he's, he's trying to act as if, that's a legitimate leg to stand on because, dude, that wasn't your sister when y'all was trying to make a kid together. When y'all was praying that God would intervene, you weren't presenting her as your sister then. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he's clearly trying to deceive. That would be like you saying, well, like, 
because we are from Adam and Eve, right? I mean, technically, this is my brother, my sister. You know, like, no, it, it, he's trying to use that as a manner of deceiving Abimelech. And again, giving himself one more leg to stand on as if he has um, authority to, to make this, these sinful decisions. But, but this, is, this is the one that I think is um, probably the most scary, the most dangerous and the most scary. And it's that, that when wandering from my father's house, I said to her, this is how you can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say of me, he is my brother. What this communicates is that, okay, the first time we see it recorded is in Genesis 12. Again, it's recorded here in Genesis 20. But they've, they've been making some journeys and some pit stops along the way. So this isn't the second time this has happened. Actually, lying and saying this is his sister has become a way of life. Where you start off with these excuses and, man, it's just going to be this one time. And before you know it, this is how you are existing. Believing a lie. And friends, this is, this is, this is extremely scary for the body of Christ. And this is why discipleship is so important, because as because as you talk to people and you share life with people, someone will hear your lie and be able to help encourage you in Christ in it. You know, I've, I've heard guys say to me, man, like, I really want that job, but I don't think I don't think I'm I don't think I'm fit to get it. Oh. You're not fit to get it. So what's, what's the lie someone's believing if they were to say that, family? And you can actually answer. If someone were to say, Deborah Naomi. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trusting in God to bring me a man, but the, the, the way I am, I just don't I, don't, I don't think he'll do it. What's the lie someone's believing there, family? What'd you say? Doubt. Doubt. Doubt that God would show up in spite of who they are with a helpmate that loves them for who they are or that they not see themselves in, in God's, um, through the way God sees them. But here, it's like, man, he's, he's taking advantage of the situation over and over again for the sake of, for the sake of a fear, like for the sake of being safe. And it's cool to see that it's not Abraham alone. Because we can tend to believe that when we lie or if we sin, it only hurts us. But Sarah is affected by this, too. By following, yeah, she's affected by this, too. So we get, you know, a number of excuses. But if, but if, if that Romans passage doesn't give an unbeliever excuses, then how do these give Abraham, a brother who loves the Lord, excuses it doesn't they don't measure up so what excuses have you heard people give to justify their way oh that's the wrong there justify their way instead of god's way real quick somebody shot one out is 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 there what'd you say you're not watching me he's not watching me tell me what you mean oh like god's not watching you so you can do it Okay, okay. I love when young people get involved. He knows my heart. He knows my heart. Right. 
Right. Oh. <laughs> yep. Yep. I already know how to do it. So I don't need to go pray about this thing. I know how to do it. I make it go happen. Why well, need God? God wants me to be happy. Ooh. Ooh. But you see how beautiful that sounds? Doesn't that sound beautiful? Like God, God wants me to be happy. Sarah? God told me. How you how you gonna say something to that? I'm Leon. What my what, how can my voice compare to God's? You know what I mean? God told you? Oh, okay. God'll pay my bills. Now let's get real. You know, I can I can be as crazy as I want to with my finances. God gonna show up. Okay, you play God like that if you want to. Let 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 us ask this question. Don't answer. What excuses do you use to justify your way instead of God's way? I'll, I'll give a couple. Um, and I've confessed to my wife this one, but like I have a long day at work and a whole bunch of stuff going on. And then I walk in the house and she asked me to do something. And I'm like, what? Like, you know what I just went through outside? All this man, just like. And my my excuse is that I'm helping the house. I'm providing. I'm trying to do all these things. But it doesn't measure up. It's horrible, horrible excuse. I'm trying to get better at it, boo. Um, you know, an- another one is just like coming home after a long day. And then God says, that's your neighbor. Go speak to him. No, I haven't seen my girls all day. Like, I can't wait to get in and just be hugged by my children and help my wife. You know, I'm trying to do it right today, God. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Nope. Go. You know, and 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 friends, it can it can run from, you know, drugs to just caring for people with the spectrum is large. But the issue is one of obedience. The issue is, will you do what God said? Or is your way better? Do you know better? You don't. Abraham replied, I said to myself, myself, there is surely no fear of God in this place. Uh, Then, excuse me, that we had already went through that. Um, 14. Then Abimelech brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham. And he returned, Sarah, uh, he returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, my land is before you. Live wherever you like. Excuse me, guys, one second. Let me just make sure. Yep, we did cover all that. Okay. To Sarah, he said, I'm giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver. This is to cover the offense against you before all who are with you. Um, You are completely vindicated. So we have Abimelech now trying to trying to say, "Okay, Even even though I didn't know it, I wronged you guys. I, I took your wife in, dude. 
and that is like a um that's a way to like disdain the whole family because if 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 adultery happens not just the wife is humiliated humiliated but all those related to her is humiliated sister deb Great question, which I, great question. So you guys remember, Sarah's kind of old. She's, you know, maybe when Pharaoh in verse, in chapter 12 connects with her, she's looking super hot. But now, you know, by the time we get to, yeah, super hot 90-year-old, right? (laughs) But by the time we get to, you know, by the time we get to uh, 20, she's older. And yeah, she might still be pretty, but the, the real motivation for Abimelech to even marry Abraham's sister is money. Remember, Abraham is a foreigner, and every place he's going, he's acquiring more wealth. So now, dude sees him coming and says, cha-ching, let me go ahead and connect with this family so I can get paid. So even though he was lied to, he still has a motivation to make sure that he stays connected to the money. So... So, yeah, he, he, I mean, don't get it wrong. I, I wish that I could have brought out some more of the nuances because he's mad when he says, like, you wronged me. How could you lie to me? That's not like a righteous anger. Oh, buddy, it's okay. Like, no, he's, he's pissed off. He's extremely angry because you almost allowed me to die and the rest of my household for the sake of you lying. But I still want to get paid. And, and that's where it is, sis. Right. The, the issue is we are calling out Abraham's wrongs. Um, Abimelech is not saying, oh, dude, like Abimelech is not bringing to light every one of Abraham's excuses. So he's not saying, oh, well, yeah, that was your sister. No, she's not your sister. She's really your wife. So from now on, I'm going to refer to her as your wife. He, he's not he's not. Um, He's not calling out the excuses. So he refers to brother because that's how they were introduced. And even though he now realized he's lied to, he continues on um, with that with that same uh, title, if you will. But I got I got to move on. though. <laughs> um, so here we see um, him try to offer land to restore this wrongful act, saying, hey, live wherever you like. Um, but what he what he do, does in giving a thousand shekels, and it, it's a pretty big donation because a a slave was worth about thirty shekels. So if you compare, you know, he's giving a thousand. He's really trying to right the wrong, but the wrong he's trying to right is still being deceptive, because excuse me, that 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 phrase to cover the offense literally would mean today to pay a bribe. It's like, okay, dude, I was about to sleep with your wife. Here's some hush money. Act like it never happened. And if you do that, everything will be okay. You're fully vindicated. Let's allow, let's move forward as if this never happened. And
And, and the irony is, Abraham takes the, takes the thousand. Like we, never, we never hear that, that he, doesn't, he doesn't accept the bribe and denies it. You know, and y'all, y'all thought that Monica Conyers and Kwame was the first to take a bribe, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your great, 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 great granddaddy in the face. <laughs> but, I, but I hope, I really do hope that you're seeing, again, that matrix view of, wow, but this was still God's man. This was still God's man. As, as, as silly as his decisions were, God still loved him. And he still loved God. Like You don't see Abraham, um, you know, blaspheming or saying negative things of God. You just see him acting out at times in ways that doesn't represent God. And again, please don't allow you, you to take that to mean freely act how you want to act. God's got your back. Please don't delight in sin. Please don't enjoy sin. But please know that God loves you enough to care for you even if you do sin. Loves you enough and provides a gracious, a a bubble of grace, we like to say, that he allows you to abide in even if you do sin. But I think part of the problem is, well, we'll keep going. Then Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife. And his family, his female slaves, so that they could have children again. For the Lord had kept all the women in Abimelech's household from conceiving because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. So scholars say, hey, like he, he didn't like tie all their legs closed. Like if they, were, if they were pregnant, they had the kids. But he stopped conception um, from that point on uh, because of this, this wrong that was happening. And they saw a clear difference. Um, from when Abraham, the prophet, prayed. And what, what makes a prophet? A, a prophet is one who receives revelation from God, um, but that it comes to pass. Like you, you, you can claim to be a prophet all day, but if God's word revealed doesn't come true, then you're a false prophet, and you're supposed to be stoned. You know, like Abraham, he... he he was a man of God. He was a man of God, even in, even in spite of all this. God still worked through him and allowed him to intercede on behalf of others. Sodom and Gomorrah, like he's praying to God, God, if 50 people are there, will you save the place? 40 people. Here, he prays on behalf of Abimelech. Disease taken. I think I I I, I want us as I as I as I bring things full circle. I want us to realize the beauty of the promise that took place in Genesis 12 for Abraham because all of that was on God. And he protects Sarah from Pharaoh, protects Sarah from Abimelech, a promise made to Abraham that a seed from a great nation would flow through Sarah. But I think that it's sometimes tough for us to understand this story because we don't know the promises of God for us today. We don't, we don't know what, 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 how about I show us some of the promises of God. God has promised to supply 
every need we have. God has promised that his grace is sufficient for you. God has promised that his children will not be overtaken with temptation. Give you a way out. God has promised victory over death. It's conquered at the cross. God has promised that all things work together for the good of those who love and serve him faithfully. God has promised that those who believe in Jesus and are baptized for the forgiveness of sins will be saved. And God has promised his people eternal life. This is not exhaustive. (laughs) There's, There's more promises that the Lord makes. But at the end of the day, family, Standing on these promises, these promises don't change because a believer does something wrong. And, I, and I've seen us wear the guilt and the burden of, man, God, I just embarrassed you. I could never be used for your glory. I could never be used to be an advocate for you. Did you see what I just did? I, I want to encourage you. To believe in these promises. Now, I hate that I have to make the disclaimer that that means that, hey, don't don't abuse God and don't simply just live how you want to live. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people who recognize that these are true. Who sometimes aren't even aware of the excuses that we make for fulfilling sin. So I I ask, despite your failures or anything that may have have hindered you. Will you live based on these promises? I pray that that's I pray that's true for our entire body. If we're willing to live based on these promises, I believe this community will be changed. I believe our families and our households will be changed. I believe we'll continue to be a light to this community who's in who's in need of the of the gospel. With that said, family, we're now going to move to a time of tithe.